Good evening. We're gathered here together tonight in observance of Ash Wednesday to begin our Lenten journey together in a posture of humility before God with a confession of our need for Him and a confession of our own mortality and humanity. And we're glad you're here with us tonight for that purpose. If you look at your bulletin, you'll notice it's a little different than normal. We'll be uh, worshiping in four movements, and at times there will be different postures. If you just follow our lead, it's going to be so easy uh, and I think, I think impactful as well. With that said, let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
remain seated and join me in our call to worship? Blow the trumpets, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, including nursing infants, let even the bride and bridegroom rise from their nuptials, gather everyone, and you ministers, weep. Pray to the Lord on our behalf, saying, Spare your people, O Lord. Don't let others look at us and wonder where you are. Spare, O spare your people. Return to me with all your heart, says the Lord. Yet even now return to me. Rend your hearts with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. O Lord, we turn to you. Turn now to us. And forget your heritage, for you are God, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Let us pray. Almighty God, you love all your children, and you do not want to see us punished for our sins. Help us to face ourselves, to admit that we are in the wrong, to admit our need of you, and to raise our eyes with confidence to your mercy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Would you now please stand and join us in singing hymn 587, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Five eighty four.
We begin 40 days before Easter to prepare ourselves spiritually. We are reminded in this season of the mercy and the forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you now to observe a holy Lent through self-examination, repentance, prayer, and meditation on God's word. We begin the Lenten season with the imposition of ashes as a reminder that we are sinners in desperate need of God's mercy, and as a reminder that we are tasked with caring, caring for the community around us. I think Lent is usually a season in the church that is most often associated with guilt. So we zero in on some habit that we have that we feel guilty about, that we need to give up, or we spend time praying for things that we feel guilty about, or the pastor is always preaching about things that we should feel guilty about, which, in all honesty, is part of the point. There are 16 prophets in the Old Testament, and the main thing they do is talk about what God's people have done wrong. Our text for this Ash Wednesday is about what we have done wrong. But the lectionary assigned this passage, and as I was struggling with it and reading it, it actually helped to shift my understanding a bit about Lent. It's not just an inward focus on what has gotten between us and God, but also an outward focus on the work that God has for us to do. So, with that in mind, let us turn to Scripture as we read Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you don't notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the ties of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. 
You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom shall be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of streets to live in. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Like I said, part of this text is about what we've done wrong. It starts out with announcing to God's people our rebellion with the volume of a trumpet. So, I'll start off by loudly proclaiming, you have sinned. You've messed up. You have rebelled against God. I'm not a stalker, so I can't list all the ways you've done that. But I imagine you know quite a few of them. If I had to guess, I'd say that you've sinned against God, sinned against your family, against your church family, sinned at work, at home, in the grocery store. And while I'm at it, I'll loudly proclaim that I have sinned too. We have sinned. And on the classic understanding of Lent, we would all spend the next 40 days collectively gathered around our guilt, staring at how horrible we've been, our mistakes, the way we've let down our families, haven't been a good husband or wife, failures as a parent. Just stare at the guilt. You failed in school, now just think about it for 40 days. You haven't been a good member of the church, now stare at it for 40 days. God hasn't been first on your list. He's somewhere after finally sleeping in, getting in some family time, some fun time, some whatever else you need, which means some days he doesn't make the list. Now, all of those situations warrant guilt. And in Lent, we plant that seed of guilt and spend 40 days fasting from something, being humble and watering your guilt plant. Let the guilt plant grow until on Easter it magically turns into something else, not a guilt plant. But guilt is only the first verse of our Ash Wednesday text, verse 1. Set volume to trumpet level, announce the rebellion and the guilt. All right, good. Lent starts with guilt. If you don't have the guilt, you can't start. You need to pray to God about what needs changing. But once you have that, you're good. The next thing to do is not spend the next 40 days staring at the problem. There was a senior class that decided that their end-of-the-year gift would be redecorating an old classroom that needed to be fixed up. They decided they'd fix it and put their little plaque up that said, gift of the senior class of, and so on. So several from the class gathered on Saturday mornings to begin this project and work on the classroom. They scraped paint that was this dark, ugly green color off the wall and then found 
that it was yellow underneath. So they'd scrape the yellow paint off the wall and found that it was brown under that. So then they'd scrape the brown off the wall and find it was another horrible shade of green. Eighty years of paint, layer upon layer upon layer. And finally, as they were working on this project, they got to the bottom layer, which was beautiful wood. So instead of repainting it, they decided, we'll just clear off the wood. Once clean down to the wood, the wood as God created it, they saw that it was beautiful. Down to the way God made it, just clean off the crud. This story is exactly what I'm talking about. The point isn't the ugly layers of paint that have built up in our lives. The point isn't realizing all the junk that has built up on top of each other, layer after layer, until we have these competing shades of cute green smeared brown and something that must have been picked by someone who's colorblind. Our lives have this. Some of it's our fault and some of it's not. The point of Lent isn't the nasty paint. It's the beautiful hardwood underneath. Somewhere underneath the layers of neglect, of mistakes, of missed opportunities, somewhere underneath work taking over, underneath disappointing your parents, somewhere underneath a society that is more intent on finding someone to blame than fixing problems, somewhere underneath all those layers of junk is the point of Lent. The point isn't the paint. Stop staring at the paint. During Lent, we aren't just wallowing in our guilt. We're getting to work, recognizing that crud has built up on top of the beautiful masterpiece that God created in each of us. The crud has built up, and we certainly need to recognize that. Even with a trumpet sound. But then we need to get to work, chipping away at that nasty paint, looking for something that's been buried for so long we might not even remember what it looks like. So we start today, on Ash Wednesday, blowing the trumpet and loudly proclaiming that we have let the crud build up in our lives. But our next step is the 40 days of Lent and getting to work. Now this passage from Isaiah shows us what our work is to be. The passage from Isaiah tells us that our work is to loose the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free, to share our bread with the hungry, to house the homeless, to clothe the naked. That's the image of bringing light into the world. That is the beautiful hardwood underneath. So this Lent, here's what I'm hoping. Instead of laying something down so you can focus on your guilt, choose a project, something that will bring God's kingdom to earth in a meaningful way. Choose a project and give up whatever you have to to make that project happen. Instead of just fasting from dessert, Decide that you and your daughter or another woman in the church are going to find a healthy body image together. 
If that means you both fast from dessert, or sometimes you eat dessert together, or you get rid of all the mirrors in your house, or spend time writing why pictures of women in magazines are ridiculous, then those are the things you should do. If it's a neighbor family that's hit hard times, what do you and your family need to give up to help them through? Choose someone from the congregation who can't get out of their house anymore and decide that this Lent they're not going to feel lonely. Give up however many afternoons or Saturday mornings or dinners you have to to make that happen. Find another guy in the church, someone who struggles with how much of their life, of their energy, of their focus is consumed by their job, and this Lent work together on setting each other free. Process over lunch break, study the Bible together, figure out what boundaries look like, and hold each other accountable. Choose a project, a project in your home, in your community, in your church. Choose a project, because Lent is a time of sacrifice, but not for the sake of discovering the perfect you. Lent is a time of sacrifice for the glory of God and his kingdom. The paint is nasty. You're right, it's nasty. No one disagrees. The issue isn't identifying the problem. It's replacing that nasty paint with something worthwhile. So this Lent, don't just give something up. Choose a corner of the kingdom of God that you're going to tackle and give up whatever you have to to bring it to light. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would move in each of us, that you would open our minds, our hearts, and our eyes to see where it is that you would like us working this Lenten season that we might be able to proclaim like Isaiah did, that we are here to loose the bonds of injustice, to set the captives free. Lord, might that be our mission this Lent. Lead us into doing those things that serve your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tonight as we come to a time to confess our sins, we recognize that we confess in the sight of God, but we also confess our sins in the sight of one another. We confess before each other because our sins have caused rifts and divisions. Our sins affect other people. That's why we confess them together. So in light of our confessions being before one another, what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to stand and face each other as we confess our sins. That means that those on this side will simply stand up, turn around, and face this side of the church. And those over here will stand, turn around, and face that side of the church. You'll see in your bulletin that there are different readings. If you are standing over here, you will read the part labeled right. So you're the right side, and you guys will read the part labeled left. With that said, would you stand? and face one another as we confess our sins together. Let us pray. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Have mercy on me, God. You are my 
acknowledge our faults before you, O Lord. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Open our lips that we might proclaim your praise. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. You may have a seat. To begin this journey of repentance and as a reminder of our mortal nature, let us now humble ourselves before the Lord, our Maker, and our Redeemer. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, you created us out of the dust of the ground. May these ashes remind us that we are dust and shall return to dust. May they also remind us of the cross of Christ, by which we are given everlasting life. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. At this time, anyone who wishes to receive ashes may come forward. We will do this in the way we normally do for communion, with the first rows coming forward first and filing back from there. We will have two rows. Both Micah and I will be imposing ashes. And once you have received them, you can return to your seat by the side aisles. You will notice we will also be singing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing while receiving ashes, which you will find hymn number 45. You can feel free to bring that hymnal forward with you so that you can continue singing as you come forward. Let us humble ourselves before the Lord. Thank you. 
As we join together in our unison prayer, I ask that uh, you would posture yourself in a position of reception, that you would have a hand open to God and a gesture ready to receive what God has for you in this Lenten season. Let us pray together. Lord, we have not loved you with our hearts and soul and mind and strength. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. We have been deaf to your call to serve. We have been judgmental and proud. We have been self-centered and in As we close, I invite you to reflect on the following song that the choir will sing over us.
get down to the hard work of scraping off the paint to get to the beautiful hardwood underneath. And may the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Mm -hmm.